welcome to another episode of It Is Written. I'm your host, Terry Cato. I'm excited to welcome author Linda Strader to the show. Linda is the author of Summers of Fire. Let's welcome Linda Strader. Welcome. Thank you. It's, it's a pleasure to meet you, Terry. And did I pronounce your last name correctly? Is it Strader? It is. That's right. Awesome. Thank you. Well, um, Linda, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, um, at this time, I am a landscape architect and certified arborist. I'm also a watercolor artist. Um, and in 2018, I published my first book, my, a memoir. Um, and I live in Southern Arizona, and I've been in Arizona since 1972, moving from Syracuse, New York. Awesome. And um, what inspired, well, first of all, what inspired you to write your book and how did you come up with that title? Because I, I read something um, very intriguing about your background. It says that you were one of the first women to actually work for the U.S. Forest Fire Crew in the mid-1970s. Could you just tell us about that journey? Well, you know, people have often asked me, do, you know, have you always, did you always want to be a firefighter since you were a little kid? And no, <laughs> um, <laughs> certainly did not. In fact, um, when we moved to Arizona um, in 1972, we moved to Prescott, Arizona, which is up in the northern part of the state. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, the, the, the timing of the moving was not ideal. I was uprooted in the middle of my senior year of high school. And so when I got to Prescott, I was extremely unhappy. I wanted to, to get out of there. So I went back to Syracuse and discovered that, you know, my friends were all going to college and I didn't have any college plans. So I went back to Prescott and, and now I wanted to stay. I mean, I always loved the outdoors. I liked hiking and camping, but Prescott was a pretty tiny little place back then, um, barely 12,000 people. And, you know, I was a high school graduate with no work experience and and there really wasn't much in the way to do there anyway so i couldn't find a job so i ended up in tucson um and it was there that i happened to meet with someone who introduced me to the u.s forest service and at the time i was hired as a timekeeper for an elite firefighting crew uh, but i soon learned that i hated paperwork and i didn't, <laughs> I didn't like being indoors and talking with the guys about the excitement of firefighting, I thought, wow, wouldn't that be, you know, really interesting. So I applied for it and got it um, and got the job. And, you know, and I, and I had no idea that at the time, women weren't allowed to fight fighters then. Mm. And the, the Forest Service was an all-male all organization since its inception in the early, early 1900s. And they did not welcome me with open arms. And it was a, definitely a challenge. Um, and I discovered pretty quickly that the harder they made it for me, the more that I wanted the job. I mean, wow. nobody's going to tell me that I couldn't do that. Because wow. I was interesting so um so is that what obviously because your book is a memoir so you talk about you talk about that journey so i would imagine um that experience is what hugely inspired you to write your book summers of fire you know it it, it is it, it isn't it isn't i mean actually the way i started it was um many years later i mean i wrote this um um, over a number of years in the mid, oh, I would say like starting maybe 2014. Um, 
it was at that time that I was going through a whole heck of a lot of losses all at the same time. I ended my 23-year marriage. I lost my job, which I thought was going to support me now that I was on my own. And then my mom died. Mm. And I was pretty lost. And I, the future looked terrible. So I started looking to the past. And I remembered, I was thinking back to my firefighting career, which I did for seven years from 1976 to 1982. And I just started writing down some things because I, I thought, you know, well, it'd probably be good to get them down before I forget, you know. So, and, and, and all of a sudden it just started, to, it just turned into a book. It was just one of those things where it just happened. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, um, and, and back then in the 70s, like you mentioned, becoming a firefighter, um, you know, that was pretty, um, that was like, that was a trail, you were being a trailblazer without even knowing it and paving the way for other women um, because firefighting is just one of those professions where you do see women, but you don't see very many, not even right now. Um, yeah. You know, there's still a lot of firsts, you know, the first captain and the first this, because um, I remember a few years ago um, hearing about a lady, um, she was like, like the first, um, you know, even in the 2000s, she was maybe the first captain or something. But, oh, absolutely. Yeah, but anyway, um, so in terms of, um, that experience, you know, what advice would you give to other women that might want to go this um, untraditional career route, which is very honorable. I have so much admiration and respect for firefighters because you put your life on the line every time a call comes in. You never know what yeah. you're getting into. So what advice would you give to women who perhaps want to go this path? Well, it's not going to be easy. I can tell you that right now. There's still discrimination. Um, women are still fighting um, to get these jobs. They are still fighting to keep these jobs. Um, and so it's gonna, you're, you're going to have to go in knowing that it's going to be tough. But m the more women that take on these jobs, I'm hoping the easier it's going to get for them. I think it's the, it'll be the numbers that will start making a difference when it's more commonplace. Um, so just, you know, if you want to do this, don't let anybody tell you that you can't. Um, you're just going to have to, and I don't remember myself being particularly, um, you know, gun-ho, you know, women's <laughs> rights kind of thing. I just wanted to do this. Right. I mean, just something I really loved. And I, um, and I had to fight for that job all of the time. And I talk to women firefighters these days in the current situation, and they're still fighting to keep their jobs still fighting yeah yeah so uh, you know for anybody that wants to do it i say go for it just go for it and be strong and you know you're just you're just going to have to stick with you know that i know i can do this and i'm not going to anybody tell me that i can't awesome. and uh yeah um it's it's not an easy road but uh, you know i still feel very strongly that when you love what you do it's not work and absolutely. I absolutely loved what I did. So I never considered it. It was, I didn't even think of it as a job. Right, right. That's so, that's so true. Uh, that's so true. But I, I hope people don't miss what you just said. When you love what you do, it's not a job. I mean, um, I, I have a good friend who's a doctor 
and she actually posted that on Facebook one time. She was like, I almost feel bad for getting paid for what I do because she loved her job just that much being a doctor. And that's so true. You have to do what you love because when you do what you love, it doesn't feel like work. It doesn't, you're like, wow, I get paid to do yeah, what I love. Yeah. So that's I, awesome. That is so awesome. So back to um, your writing journey, what advice would you give to other people who feel like um, they want to share their story or they want to write a memoir or any type of book so the one thing that i highly recommend people worry too much about word count and perfect sentences and perfect paragraphs just get the story down mm -hmm. you will be editing for a very long time mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and, and you can pay people to do that <laughs> yes and there's that too and uh, you know and it, it's one of those things where you, know, you get people get too caught up with oh, it's got to be perfect. And they spend, you know, months on one chapter. I just wrote the whole thing. I started it and went all the way to the end. And yeah, I, I did a lot of adjusting, you know, where to start the story. That was always a tricky one. And it took me a while to figure out where do you start the story? Where's the best place? And it moved around a lot. It moved around a whole lot. And every time I I would throw my hands up and think, oh, this is never going to happen. Oh, it's just, oh, it's just not going to, I give up. I give up. I give up. And then a day later, no, I'm not giving up. No, 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 I'm not. I've got a story to tell. I just got to figure out how to tell it. Right. So it's, it's not for the, not for the week. You have to be very tenacious and just keep at it. Right. Right. So you, know, you have I was to. Not a writer before absolutely i agree um it's not for the faint at heart um you definitely have to be self-motivated self-motivated to get your story out there or to get your work out there and you have to believe in yourself because um you know there's a a lot of writers out there there's a lot of stories out there but what i like to tell people is you have a story and you can tell your story better than anybody else can tell it. So you tell your story and you do it in your voice. So thank you for that. And um, was there anything um, surprising that you learned about yourself in this journey as you were writing your book? Did you learn anything about yourself? I certainly did. And you know, I don't know if you've ever had anyone ever, you know, ask you, I see it on Facebook quite often. What would you tell your younger self if you Yes. Could? Okay. So <laughs> now I get the opposite thing. What happens to me is my younger self told me that while I was going through all of those tough times, the divorce, my mom's passing, my job loss, and I, my self-esteem just crashed. Mm -hmm. I, my younger self told me you're still me you're mm -hmm. still her you can you are still you fought for that job yeah. you did you know and and so you can fight you can get through this and so she taught me that i still have the tenacity that i had when i was in my 20s that it didn't go anywhere i'm, I'm still her awesome i love that and I kind of have that, um, I've had that same sort of experience where um, you go through some things and then I look back at my 20 year old self, you know, and she was very fearless and was like, I can do this, I can go for it. So you're absolutely right. Um, sometimes you have to look back at your younger self and be like, you know what, I'm still that girl. I'm still that person. I still have that within me, regardless of what life 
might take us through. You know what? I still have it. So, um, all right. Well, great. So um, as we get ready to wrap, is there anything else that you would like to share with um, everybody out there? Anything about your writing journey or you or just anything that you want the people to know? Well, you know, one thing I, I get asked a lot is, you know, how did you, how did you endure all of the rejections? Because I, I published traditionally. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a tough road, you know, but I was determined I was going to do it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've learned what I, what I figured out pretty quickly is that although I got a lot of rejections, every rejection just made me look at my story just a little bit closer. Is it right? Is it perfect? Is it what I want to say? And I think my writing got 100% better based on all of those rejections. Um, it really, it makes you get right in there and think, okay, if, if an agent told me, eh, the beginning didn't grab me, then I fixed it. You know, it was, it was just like, if, I, if no one had told me that, I wouldn't have fixed it. And it was one of those things where the more they would um, make me look at and make sure that my writing was good enough, I think I came out with a better project. If, if I had self-published, I would have published way too early. Awesome. That's great advice. Great advice that you took the rejection and you made it better. So we don't take the rejection and quit, but we take the rejection and we make whatever we have, we make it better. I love that. Okay, so we're at the end. Thank you so much for coming and sharing with us um, your book, Summers of Fire. Now, how can we find Summers of Fire? Where is, where is it located? It is available on Amazon as both a paperback and ebook. Okay. And, um, and the Barnes and Noble website as well. Awesome, sounds good. All right. Well, thank you, Linda, for joining us today. And I would like to thank all of you out there for joining us today. And I would like to say, um, as I'm calling this our quarantine series, as we're here at home on different levels of being able to venture out, um, you know, just take it easy, be kind to yourselves, be kind to others. And, you know, don't look for, you know, the perfect moment. Take this moment and make it perfect. So again, thank you, Linda, for joining in for our um, It Is Written quarantine series. I'm Terry Cato. I would like to thank you all for tuning in. Until, and until next time, um, wash your hands and be safe out there. Thank you.